Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, friends. Bill Press here. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. I want to be sure you know my new book is out. Uh, not so subtle. The title, Trump Must Go. The top 100 reasons to dump Trump and one, maybe, to keep him. It's available anywhere books are sold. Um, Best place to get it is go to our website, BillPressShow.com. Special discount there for ordering the book and a way that you can add your own reasons to dump Trump. Let's do it now. is the Bill Press Show. 29 days to the midterms. And if you're not mad yet, you better get mad and get out and vote. What do you say, everybody? Here we go on a Monday, Monday, October 8th. Yep, the first day back after that disastrous weekend where the Republicans succeeded in forcing Brett Kavanaugh through to the Supreme Court, they swore him in fast before anybody else could come forward and accuse him of sexual assault. And he is now actually a member of the Supreme Court. There'll be some bogus phony ceremony today so Donald Trump can take his victory lap. It is a sad day for the Supreme Court, a sad day for the United States Senate, and a sad day for the United States of America kiss our freedoms goodbye for the next 40 or 50 years with Brett Kavanaugh and Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. And how did Democrats let this happen? Where was the leadership that we needed? Where was Chuck Schumer last week? I don't know about you. I never heard from him. Great to see you today. Hope you had a good weekend, had a good time to relax, catch up with your family and friends. Although, (laughs) If you're like us, you probably spent most of Friday and most of Saturday uh, pulling your hair out if you weren't down at the United States Capitol protesting the vote, uh, probably glued to the tube. We'll be talking all about it and about the people who really let us down and about those phonies with the names of Joe Manchin and Jeff Flake and Susan Collins. uh, And uh, the list goes on and on. A couple of heroes, though, too. And we'll talk about those and get your comments on all of the above. Who do you think gets the blame for this? Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. Where should the finger be pointing? Send us your comments on Twitter, at BP Show. And we jump right in. But first. This is the Full Court Press. Just a couple of other stories making news. Here we go again, Bill. Tropical storm. Michael is on its way. It's coming up through the Gulf of Mexico. It's expected to make landfall 
uh, in Florida, no, no word yet exactly where, but that's where they're projecting it to hit and then come up the Atlantic coast later on this week. As I mentioned right now, it is a tropical storm, but they are expecting it to reach hurricane status before it gets to Florida. In fact, yesterday, Governor Rick Scott announced they are already declaring a state of emergency. I declared a state of emergency in 26 Florida counties across the Florida Panhandle in Big Bend in preparation for tropical storm Michael. One of the things that they pointed out is how rapidly this has intensified. It went from a uh, having winds of 35 miles per hour, which are not great, to 70, 70 miles per hour in less than a 24-hour period. So it's just yeah. gaining steam. And again, once you get into those relatively warm waters of the Gulf of Mexico, it will only get bigger. Not good. Yeah. Uh, we had a couple of weeks in between, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah pretty much. Back. Game changer in a big Senate race in Tennessee. We know that the Senate uh, race there is pretty close with Phil Bredesen. Most polls show him up over Marsha Blackburn. Well, yesterday, he got a very, very big endorsement. Big singer, news. Singer Taylor Swift came yeah. out and said that she was endorsing Tennessee Democrats for the midterm elections. And not only that, she really had some harsh words about uh, uh, Marsha Blackburn. She says, quote, as much as I have in the past, I would like to continue voting for women in office. I cannot support Marsha Blackburn. Her voting record in Congress appalls and terrifies me. Whoa. And she <laughs> threw her support behind <laughs> Phil Bredesen, uh, Taylor Swift, of course, a native of Tennessee. Uh, she knows a lot about the state and is sticking with Phil Bredesen. It should be pointed out that Phil Bredesen, by the way, did come out and say he would have voted yes on Brett Kavanaugh uh, yeah, right. if he was in the Senate. So. Uh, he is, uh, I mean, she, that's unusual for her to get involved in politics. Like oh, that. yeah. yeah so. Oh, yeah. No, it's not something that she's known for. She put up an Instagram post to her 112 million <laughs> followers saying that she's with Brett. That'll help. This is the Bill Press Show. Yes, indeed. I used to hear in politics that the rule was, don't get mad, get even. Uh Uh-uh. That's wrong. The rule is, get mad and get even. That's the word you're going to hear from me over and over again today. That is the message from this weekend. Get mad as hell and get even on November 6th and beyond. That's the message, friends. Hello, hello, hello. That's the other message. Welcome to the program here on a Monday, October 8. The Bill Press Show coming to you live from our nation's capital, Washington, D.C., the site of this tragedy on Saturday. And the fact that Brett Kavanaugh has already been sworn in. He's on the Supreme Court. He is there and he'll be there, sadly, could be there at least for decades. Whatever, we got lots to talk about, and we'll, I, we'll analyze that vote from every aspect and find out uh, who we blame and who we praise in the wake of uh, the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation process. Look forward to hearing from you on Twitter, at BP Show, at BP Show, as we join you, of course, online on YouTube, youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. As we come out to you live coast to coast on Free Speech TV, joining you on the radio out in Chicago on the WCPT, the great WCPT, the progressive voice of Chicago, and 
and in Indiana statewide on Indiana Talks. And uh, by the way, happy uh, Indigenous Peoples Day. Probably didn't know that, That's did right. you? That's right. No, absolutely. Happy Indigenous Peoples Day. We do not celebrate Columbus Day any longer. Uh, and here's why. I was just looking this weekend. How, Howard Zinn wrote that great peop, uh, People's History of the United States of America, uh, pointed out, uh, just reading from him, that back in 1495 when Columbus came, he was supposed to fill up his ships with gold and take them back to pay for the investors, pay back the investors who paid for his trip to the New World. Uh, of course, they didn't find any gold where he landed, and so he filled up the ships with human cargo instead. Uh, 1,500 of them. That was the beginning of the slave trade. Yes, thank you, Christopher Columbus. Uh, he came back again. It took 1,500 of them. 500 died on the way back to Spain. Um, then, uh, and Columbus thought that was so successful that he actually wrote, let us, in the name of the Holy Trinity, go on sending all the slaves that can be sold. Christopher Columbus whom we used to celebrate. And by the way, some states still do have a Christopher Columbus holiday. Maybe they ought to take another look again at what Chris, who Christopher Columbus was and what he was all about. But the message again, the, I mean, the biggest news again, of course, is the Brett Kavanaugh confirmation. He is now on the Supreme Court. And again, I'm going to say this now again. I'll repeat it all during the show. If there's one message today, it is get mad and get even. Get mad and get even, and the opportunity is 29 days away from today. If you're really pissed off at what Republicans, the person that they put up, if you're really pissed off that they totally ignored the very credible claims of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. If you're really pissed off that they did a sham of an FBI investigation and wouldn't even talk to Christine Ford, wouldn't even give her the the courtesy of an interview. If you're really pissed off that Mitch McConnell called protesters who came from all over the country, 150 women who flew here from Alaska alone, if you're really pissed off that he called them the mob, the mob, uh, John Cornyn called it mob rule. Donald Trump called them paid protesters. Yeah, who paid them, right? If you're really pissed off at all, if you're really pissed off at Susan Collins like I am and at Jeff Flake and at Joe Manchin and at all the rest of them and Orrin Hatch and Lindsey Graham as well as Mitch McConnell, the only one thing to do is go out and vote the straight Democratic ticket Straight Democrat. I've voted for Republicans in the past, too. I don't think I ever will again. Every single Republican has blood on his hands with, uh, with, uh, Brett, Kavanaugh, uh, with Brett Kavanaugh's confirmation. Or maybe that's too strong. Is certainly responsible, partly responsible, because this is a party that's put this sexual predator on the Supreme Court, accused sexual predator, joining the, uh, the other one, Clarence Thomas, on the court. The only way to do it is to, on November 6th, take back the House, take back the Senate, vote the straight Democratic ticket, take back state legislatures, take back the governorships, and put this country back on track. It's the only way to do it. And you know one thing? The Republicans are already saying, this is going to be good for us because our base is going to be so pissed off that Democrats tried to block Brett Kavanaugh that they're going to go out and vote for Republicans. 
I don't think that's true, but we got to prove it's not true. If anybody ought to be pissed off, it's the people who lost this battle, and we did lose this particular battle. Didn't lose the war, lost this battle. So we're the ones that, the, I mean, they got their prize. Now our prize is taking back the House, taking back the Senate, Democratic ticket all up and down the line. That's the only message today. Get mad and get even. You know, you're right. The the war is going on, right? And this is not the, the end of the war. But, you know, I look at this and I think Democrats are losing the war. It's not lost yet, but Democrats are absolutely losing the war. Lost Certainly lost it last week. And, and, and I think about, you know, I'd say probably about a decade or so ago when Republicans <laughs> sort of became radicalized. And you see this rise of the Tea Party and you see it start happening. And more than anything, you see this abandoning of the norms, right? Which everybody talks about the norms of politics. And Republicans just got rid of them. And they just decided we're going to do whatever we need to do to make ourselves relevant. I think that a lot of them realize that they have lost a lot of the culture war. And that's why the Supreme Court thing is such a big deal for them. And they did it. They came to power by just saying, we're going to do whatever the hell we need to do to win. Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. Democrats have not been willing to do that. No, no. Uh, I mean, just, just the fact that. But that they lie so much, right? They don't care. They don't care. They don't care. Do they not don't care. care. Right. They know these are not paid protesters. Those women out there, mainly women, not all women, but all mainly who are out there on the, in the, on the steps of the Capitol. 150 women were arrested Saturday who climbed the steps of the United States Capitol. By the way, you should be able to walk up the steps of the U.S. Capitol. But they have too many cops there. They keep you down on the plaza. 150 women went up the steps of the Capitol. All of them got arrested. You know, our friend Matt Laszlo put up pictures. to do that. Our friend Matt Laszlo put up some pictures on Twitter of the barricades that they put up before the vote, which is not something that happens. No, no. By the way, we're just creeping into this, like, new state. Police state. Police state. Let's call it that. Where they just sort of, we just go, oh, okay, this is how it happens. This is not how it happens. They don't keep people way far away from the Capitol like they've been doing with these barricades. No, not at all. And so uh, we heard um, we heard Mike Pence. We heard Mike Pence give it even, by the way, here, here's the, here's the, so some of the paid protesters, yeah, right, even during the roll call, you could hear them uh, up in the Senate gallery. Clerk may continue. Ms. Baldwin. Mr. Barrasso. As they were being dragged out. Mr. Almost Bennett. every speaker during the day was interrupted uh, with people from the protesters ma- heard and that they're making their voices heard. But it was when it was over. Remember, because um, Congressman Danes was it from Montana had to st- stayed out there for his daughter's wedding. Therefore, Lisa Murkowski, who voted no on Friday, good for her. Come back to that in just a minute. So the final vote, Mike Pence announces: On this vote, the eyes are fifty, the nays are forty-eight. The nomination of Brett M. Kavanaugh of Maryland to be an associate justice of the Supreme Court of the United States is confirmed. Uh, and again, I meant to about so Lisa Murkowski, who had voted no, voted present in order to, uh, to sort of back up uh, a Senate protocol or whatever. It uh, would not have made any difference if she had voted no. But still, he uh, th- that way at least. He uh, was saved the indignity, Kavanaugh, the indignity of losing by only one vote. Big deal. Uh, 
But taking a look at the people, I mean, who um, who get the blame. First of all, Donald Trump, of course. But in a sense, and by the way, this proves why Republicans put will put up with anything that Donald Trump does or says. Yeah, I mean, Stormy Daniels, all the rest of them, they don't care. They don't care. Uh, he can call women dogs. He can accuse uh, Christine Blasey Ford of being a big liar. They don't care. They don't care. Donald Trump gave them the most conservative Supreme Court justice that we've seen in our lifetime. That's all they want. That's all they want. They got they got the fool in the White House who will do sign whatever they pass and give them whatever judges they want. They got the idiot in the White House who will do that. They're happy with that. But still, number one, Donald Trump. And then Susan Collins. Come on. And I'm telling you, no surprise to us. You know that. We've been telling we've been saying from the beginning, you cannot count on Susan Collins. She is a phony, total phony. I'm sorry. She gets all the credit for being this independent woman being one of two pro-choice women in the United States Senate. No, she's not. Please, stop believing that. She voted for Neil Gorsuch, and then she voted for Brett Kavanaugh, and it was pretty clear, I don't know about you, it was clear to me when she gave that phony speech, you know, I I thought Saturday Night Live was good uh, Saturday night, that the person who played Susan Collins says, the last thing I wanted is for this to be all about me, B.S., She's the only senator who said, I'm speaking at 3 o'clock. The whole world should watch. And I'm going to make a decision at the very last moment. Again, BS, she made that decision at the very beginning. She knew she was going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh, Kavanaugh, and she played that game all the way to the end, and everybody in the media except us fell for it, fell for it. So she gets up and gives this phony speech. Here she is, just, just the... The money shot, if you will, Mr. From her President. Speech. Yeah, I will vote to confirm Judge Kavanaugh. And then she went on in the speech. She started out by saying, and I knew that um, the whole speech was vile. It was vile. She said the whole process was dysfunctional. Yeah, who made it dysfunctional? Mitch McConnell and her Republicans, including her. She said it was run like a political campaign. Again. Who ran it like a political campaign? Do you see those Republicans on the committee? Jesus. I mean, yeah. Lamenting the whole process. She talked about the misrepresentations that she heard from the other side. Misrepresentations. How about the lies that Brett Kavanaugh told? Documented lies that Brett Kavanaugh told. Even before Christine Blasey Ford stepped up to the plate. She talked about over-the-top rhetoric. Rhetoric. From the Democrats. Did she hear Lindsey Graham or John Cornyn or Mitch McConnell? I mean, it was such a big... And then an unprecedented amount, she complained about, the unprecedented amounts of dark money that was spent against Brett Kavanaugh. I don't know about you. The only ads that I saw on television when this whole thing... By the way, what are they doing running ads on television about a Supreme Court nominee? But they were all pro-Brett Kavanaugh. I don't think there was one TV spot against Brett Kavanaugh. I didn't see one. No. I mean, the whole thing, total, total phony, Susan Collins. You know, and uh, I just hope she's up in 2020. It's about time. Let's get her out of there. I mean, come on. Any reputation that she had as being independent, as being open-minded, or as being pro-choice,
forget about. By the way, it's also worth pointing out that George W. Bush called her yeah. three times. She said that three times during this process to to influence her and try to get lobby her and try to get her to vote. For all these people that talk about the good old days of yeah. normal Republicans like George mm-hmm. W. Bush, remember that throughout this whole process, there was reporting that said that George W. Bush was calling all of these Republican senators and yeah. saying, yeah. you got to vote for uh, uh, Brett Kavanaugh. You got to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. You got to vote for Brett Kavanaugh. Right. And then, of course, there was so number one, number number one, Donald Trump to blame. Number two, Susan Collins. Number three, Jeff Flake. And again, what a phony! We we knew. We also knew because he wants to. Jeff Flake's trying to have it both ways. He Always. Wants, he wants to be the guy that I'm the critic of Donald Trump. I'm the back. I'm the only one with backbone. I'm the only one with a set of balls that will stand up and and criticize my own president. He sort of wants to be like a mini, mini John McCain. He doesn't have the soul or the conscience or the values that John McCain had. Every time he fades, every time he caves in, he did it all the way through the tax cuts, remember, everything criticized, and then he votes for them, votes for anything Donald Trump wants. We knew from the beginning he was going to vote for Brett Kavanaugh because Donald Trump wanted him. So he wants to just just be independent enough that he gets a little media attention. Yeah, he even wrote it. a book, went all around, and everybody thought this is going to be the Democrat or the Republicans going to save the Republican Party. No. Next time someone no. tells no. you no. that Jeff Flake is some sort of independent Republican, ask them what he stood up to Trump on. One. One thing. Name, Name one, one thing. Name one vote. Yeah. Not a, not a, not a little statement that he made yeah. on CNN. One vote. Right. And after Jeff Flake, of course, Joe Manchin. Oh, come on. Just, hey, Ugh. Joe, Joe, change your party, right? Come on. And then Joe afterwards, Manchin, he says, hey, you know, this wasn't a political vote at all, right? Uh, it's just just me, just plain old Joe. I'm just Joe Manchin from West Virginia. I swear to goodness, oh, yeah. I don't worry about any of the politics. This was not a political vote. What does he mean he doesn't worry about any of the politics? You're a senator. Yeah, yeah. That was total political vote. And by the way, serves him right. Mitch McConnell said they're still going to they're still going to spend money against him. That that was amazing. The, so for, so they're still going to spend money against him. So Susan Collins gave her and speech. they should. Susan Collins gave her speech. I was watching on cable news. Yeah. As soon as she finished her speech, Manchin they had said, a little roundtable. Yeah. Maybe two minutes later. Yeah. And breaking news: now we get Joe Manchin is voting for Brad Kavanaugh as well. Yeah. It's like what. Yeah. So th- and then Republicans started mocking him. Donald Trump Jr. had a tweet mocking him for saying that's not real leadership. So he gives them what they want, and then they try and make fun of him for it. He's a fool, a total fool. And by the way, you know what? So uh, my prediction is that Joe Manchin will probably win with, uh, I'd say, 68% of the vote in West Virginia. If he had voted against Kavanaugh, he would win with probably 68% of the vote in West Virginia. It won't, be, it won't make any difference in West Virginia. He's beloved in West Virginia. Uh, but, yeah, join the Republican Party, Joe. Come on, stop playing the game. You know, we don't want you. We don't need you. Whatever. Um, uh, those are the ones you gotta, you got to say shame on them. But you know, if, I, say, if I can add one more yeah. to that list. Oh, uh, please. Ben Sass, the guy that oh, gave yeah. this tearful speech about uh, – uh, sexual assault survivors. Yeah. He's another and, wannabe, uh, independent wannabe, but yeah. he doesn't have the balls he to. Didn't even give it yeah. any thought. He yeah. voted yes easily. Yeah. yeah. By the way, we'll get to the Democrats in just a second here, but but yeah. uh, I got to say also. Uh, well, we did talk about Joe Manchin. Well, he's not really a Democrat. <laughs> um, 
But then uh, I got to say, kudos to Lisa Murkowski. I mean, damn it, she showed uh, she showed a lot of spine. Remember, this is a woman of the Repu- she didn't have anything. She didn't know the Republican Party anything anyhow because they 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 threw her out, and then she came back with a writing campaign and got back in the Senate. So she really is independent and has every reason to be. Um, you know, I think she went a little overboard when she said that Brett Kavanaugh was a good man. I don't think he is. But but for her, it was a good, safe position to go. He was a good man, but he did not belong on the Supreme Court. And she voted no. Uh, and by the way, I love this, all right? The first one to respond to that was Sarah Palin. Sarah Palin is now saying she may run against Lisa Murkowski in 2020. Please. I hope she does. Please. You and your dysfunctional <laughs> domestic abuse family, Sarah. Literally. Bring them, yeah, bring them all out, right? <laughs> yeah, that's ridiculous. Well, Lisa Murkowski really showed something. And I'll tell you who else showed some backbone. Is Heidi Heitkamp, good for her. Joe Donnelly in Indiana, good for him. John Tester in Montana and Claire McCaskill in Missouri. Remember, when this started, everybody thought, because Joe Manchin is the fifth, that all five of them would vote for Kavanaugh, cave in for purely political reasons because they're all up this year. Four out of five stood tall. Four out of five voted the correct way. I think it will help them in the midterms, not hurt them in the midterms. Uh, Good for them. But having said that, I got to tell you, maybe the person I am most disappointed in is Democratic leader Chuck Schumer because I think the Democrats totally collectively, from the leadership point of view, walked away from this fight last week. Where was Chuck Schumer? I never heard from him the whole week. Here you had, once Dr. Christine Blasey Ford testify, they basically forgot about her. They threw her into the bus. They they let the Republicans trash her. They let the White House decide that the FBI would not even talk to her. She asked back the FBI investigation. She wanted that before the Senate hearing. And then when he finally came up with this bogus FBI FBI investigation, which was a total sham, the the White House would not let the FBI talk to her or to Brett Kavanaugh. Of course, they couldn't let him talk to one without talking to the other. And where was Chuck Schumer raising hell? Why didn't he just say, we're not going to be part of this Mickey Mouse process? We're not going to tolerate this. When Mitch McConnell called them mob rule, the protesters, when Donald Trump called them paid protesters. Where was Chuck Schumer out there defending these people from all over the country who came here to protest this nomination? Uh, I, 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 don't, I don't get it. If there was one time the Democrats really should have stood with news conference after news conference, and you saw Mitch McConnell was having them every freaking day. Shamelessly. Shamelessly. Shamelessly the stuff up. he was saying was unbelievable. And the, he was there with John Cornyn. Yeah. And with Aaron Hatch and white Lindsey guy, Graham, white guy, all white of guy. them, all these white guys. Yeah, where was Chuck Schumer uh, leading the, the the Democrats and getting the Democratic women, particularly out there, speaking up against this? I, I think he really blew it, uh, and he let he let us he let us all down. But I'll come back to it. We still have the opportunity. We have not the opportunity. We have got the moral imperative to get back and get even and take advantage of this opportunity on November 6th. If there's any message, don't let the Republicans say this is going to motivate their base. We're the ones who got screwed. We're the ones who, should, are, who are pissed off. We're the ones who have to show 
yes, get mad and get even on November 6th. Take back the House, take back the Senate, vote the Democratic ticket, governors, state legislatures, all the way. Let's show them that the American people don't want somebody like Brett Kavanaugh on the court. The American people stand up for our basic liberties and want them protected, including uh, the liberty of reproductive right, which, of course, Brett Kavanaugh is against, not to mention voting rights, gay rights, and all the other workers' rights and all the other issues that are going to be before the Supreme Court. We'll uh, spend most of our time today talking about that, of course, and getting your comments on Twitter again, at BP Show. Uh, by the way, great lineup of guests. Brad Woodhouse will be here from Protect Our Care to tell us how health care fits into this, of course, particularly. Chris Catalago covers the White House for Politico, will be joining us, and Eliza Collins, who covers the Congress for USA Today. Uh, just a couple of other issues. Uh, we always talk about all the bad things that Congress does or the things that they don't get done. Uh, we don't want to go this, go, uh, let this go unrecognized that last week, Congress did approve a revised FAA budget, Federal uh, Aviation Administration budget, which prohibits the use of cell phones on airplanes. At one time, uh, the FAA said they were going to consider allowing them on a test basis. Congress said, no way that you can use electronic devices, which you can already, to keep up with your email, uh, to uh you know, keep up online with all your news sources or whatever, uh, but uh, <clears throat> no use of cell phones, to which we say, thank you. <laughs> thank you, Congress. Uh, an incredible story out of um, Istanbul, where Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi, uh, a Saudi and a critic of the Saudi government, uh, walked into the, according to the Turkish government and according to his fiance, who was waiting outside for him, walked into the Soviet, uh, the Saudi consulate in Istanbul to get a document which would allow him to remarry, certifying that he was divorced and could get remarried. His fiance is waiting for him outside. He walked into the Saudi consulate, according to, again, the Turkish government and to his fiance. Uh, he never came out. It's now believed that this uh, Washington Post columnist and Saudi dissident uh, Jamal Khashoggi was killed inside the Soviet, uh, the Saudi, keep saying Soviet, the Saudi consulate by, according to Turkish government, a hit squad of Saudi agents who had come to Istanbul expressly for the purpose of tracking him down. And he walked right into their trap huge incident and really raises a question about how Donald Trump is so buddy-buddy with the Saudis. And so far, the Trump administration has not said peep about you, this whole thing. You have to remember, there were so many different conservative columnists that wrote about this new regime oh, yeah. with oh, the yeah, Saudis. Oh, yeah, this new guy in at, uh, whatever, Mohammed, but he's got Nick. Some, yeah. Uh, uh, MBS yeah. Yeah, or yeah, 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 yeah. NMS, whatever it is. Yeah. And, and so, uh, you know, they really went th they stuck their necks out there to talk about what oh, a great yeah. new future yeah. they have here with this guy. And this is some new blood there. And things are going to be a lot different. <clears throat> and the and first thing he did was round up people who had opposed him and held them hostage. Their, took them, uh, held them hostage, took their money away, yeah. and took their positions away. And then Donald Trump said, just shows what a strong leader he is. I mean, we talk a lot yeah. about Donald Trump and his authoritarian <laughs> style. This is something he wishes he could do. Totally. 
This is something he wishes he could do. He wishes yeah. he could kill the journalists that are that are negative about him. Yeah. And you know you're bad when uh, President Erdogan of Turkey says that you're bad. Uh, because, yeah. yeah. Um, We'll see how that we'll see how that plays out, but uh, it is a very 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 troubling situation. All right, we'll take a quick break, and we're just getting started, folks. Get uh, right here on the Bill Press Show this Monday, October eighth. Again, look forward to hearing from you on Twitter at BP Show. Brad Woodhouse joins us next. Take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Bill Press Show on a Monday, October eighth. Here we are. Great to be back with you. We certainly have lots to talk about. Lots to get angry about and lots to get even for it's the bill press show we're live from washington dc our nation's capital brought to you today by the american federation of government employees our great federal employees keep their federal agencies running day in and day out all across this land of ours these are people who are proud to get up and work for america every day and yet the president treats them like dirt and so does the congress uh not recognizing their good work we do and we thank them for their support of the program, go to our website. They're under, uh, of course, led by the great President J. David Cox. Um, one person I know who's uh, even further to the left than I am. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go to their website at afge.org. And while you're uh, online, go to our website, billpressshow.com. Get your copy and find out where you can get your signed copy of my latest book, Trump Must Go. Boy, there are a lot more reasons to add. I just <laughs> just a hundred top one hundred reasons to dump Trump. Uh, yeah, we can. Brett Kavanaugh is certainly one hundred and one. Uh, and I mentioned to one to keep him. Anyhow, go to our website at billpressshow.com, and you can also add your reasons, which many of you already had. So uh, it keeps the list keeps growing. Just out, Trump must go. Your viewers will write book number two. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Brad Woodhouse with us from uh, Protect Our Pro- Yeah, Protect Our Care. You got it. Campaign director. Brad, it's good to see you. Good to see you. Thanks for coming in so much. Can't wait to talk to you about how we uh, how we respond to this vote over the weekend. But first, we've already been rolling here for a little while yeah. uh, and stirring up some dust. On Twitter, at BP Show is where you can find us. Give us your comments on any topic at any time. Uh, Resistance Stevie says, in my opinion, it is that greasy worm Mitch McConnell's fault. Democrats were being held to one set of rules while Republicans changed them, which I think is a very good point. Republicans have a habit of sort of making up this code of conduct that everybody must follow except for them. Uh, By the way, starting with Yoni need 51 votes to nominate, to yeah. confirm a Supreme Court right, justice, right. which they did in order to get Gorsuch and now Kavanaugh on the court. Otherwise, it would not have worked. Yeah. Uh, also, another comment, uh, Bill, I will vote for progressives like Bernie Sanders, whether they are in the party or out of the party. The Democratic Party ignores progressive and actively try- progressives and actively tries to defeat them. That is one of the reasons that Democrats are losing. Uh, I would disagree with that. There are a lot of progressive Democrats who are winning these days. Sure. I think, uh, not not in every case, but, um, you know, you could go down the list. Look at Andrew Gilliman, Florida. Look at Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez in Queens. You, you show me one Republican progressive who's winning. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, KG says Chuck Schumer is no leader. 
And also one final comment from Barbara, who says, vote early. It is harder to steal the votes. When they come in smaller numbers, it's too obvious. On Election Day, the millions coming in can be flipped. It's a dark thought, but probably not wrong. Get out there, vote early. I would just amend that. Vote early and often. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Peter. So, Brad, what... uh, Oh, my God. Where do we start? It's good to have, by the way, the smart Woodhouse brother. Yeah, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. that Forget that other one. But uh, I I want to talk to you about the whole electoral response to this vote. But, But you are ahead of Protect Our Care, which has been doing a great job protecting... The Affordable Care Act, yep. which Donald Trump and the Congress have done everything they can. If they can't repeal it, then they'll just chip away at it. Right, right. And you've been fighting that battle, by the way, I think with a lot of success. And the Affordable Care Act is more popular today probably than, than it's ever was, been. That's right? right. But this is one issue we t- uh, that where Brett Kavanaugh could have a real impact huh? and well, the court. Well, that's absolutely right. One of the reasons that Protect Our Care was so vigorously opposed to Brett Kavanaugh at the beginning course there were a lot bigger reasons at the uh, or a lot other reasons at the end was that we do believe he's a threat to the uh, threat to the Affordable Care Act one we, we believe Trump nominated uh, Kavanaugh and he would have nominated anybody to be a justice on the Supreme Court who he believed would do two big things one is to repeal Roe v. Wade and the other would be to invalidate the Affordable Care Act those were two litmus tests that he said during the campaign that he had uh, for a justice. And I believe Kavanaugh will do that. I mean, I believe you saw his reaction in this hearing, how partisan he is, how much venom and hatred that he has uh, for Democrats, how he said that what goes around comes around. I believe first opportunity he has to vote uh, to repeal uh, Roe v. Wade, to overturn Roe v. Wade, to invalidate the Affordable Care Act. He will do he will do those. He things. would not. He be- would have done those things before this came up. Right. He was not on. He was would not be on the Federalist Society list, right? right. If he had not made that pledge, that's exactly right. And the, you know, the thing that just blows my mind is how uh, Republicans and the president and the Republican Senate say, "Oh no, no, this, this is you know, he's going to follow the Constitution. He's going to follow precedent. He's not going to turn over. Uh, he's not going to overturn Roe v. Wade." While every anti-abortion group in the country is spending millions of dollars to get him on the court. You think they don't believe that yeah. he'll uh, vote yeah. to overturn Roe v. Wade? Of course he's going to vote to overturn Roe v. Wade. That's why the it, it, Roe v. Wade is hanging all. by a thread right now but, uh, it, because we've put a justice on this court, not we, but a justice has been put on this court who has it in for women, who has it in for women, who has it in for the Affordable Care Act, who doesn't respect women, obviously, and uh, it's hanging by a thread. Are there any cases pending now on the Affordable Care Act that could make? Oh their yeah, way to the court? well, there, there's the big one, as you know, is in is in Texas again, a completely partisan lawsuit. This was filed by 20 states, uh, 17, uh, Repu- 17 or 18 Republican attorney generals, a couple of Republican uh, governors, and it seeks to invalidate the entire Affordable Care Act. This is this is where the we were years act. ago. Yeah, right. yeah, and of course the the Trump administration weighed in, and the political gift they gave us was that they weighed in. They said that they wouldn't defend the law, which is not what the Justice Department uh, is supposed to do about federal laws. And they said, you know, if you if this lawsuit is unsuccessful in every other way, at a minimum it should repeal the provisions uh, or, or do away with the provisions that protect people from discrimination based on pre-existing conditions. Part of the law, the most important part of the law, and the Trump administration came out. So now, 
in these races, um, it, you know, you, you see millions of dollars in advertising on both sides where Republicans are saying, oh, you know, Josh Hawley, oh, of course we want to protect people with pre-existing conditions. Josh Hawley is running, is the Attorney General of Missouri, running against Claire McCaskill, and he is a, a party to the lawsuit to overturn the ACA, but then he says he wants to protect people with pre-existing conditions. Yeah, it's yeah. a lie because they're yeah. in such political trouble on this issue. Right. Uh, and, and, and again, the Trump administration on the record. Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. I mean, they, I, they have done everything they can. You, as you know, they've uh, they've sabotaged open enrollment. They slashed uh, outreach to get uh, to get people enrolled. And, th- and then the big one, which there was another article on today about how specious these are. They've uh, they've implemented these junk plans. These are short term plans. Yeah. 364 yeah. days out of the year that people can buy that don't have to comply uh, with the Affordable Care Act, they don't have to cover people uh, that have pre-existing conditions. They don't. Uh, they don't have to cover all the essential uh, health benefits. They, they, you know, high, you know, high deductibles, high out-of-pocket costs, lots of things they don't cover. And you can buy one of these plans. You say, "Wow, this oh, was yeah. so cheap. I'm so glad I got coverage." Yeah. And then you find out until, until you need it. You until can, you need yeah, it, and there's right. nothing there. Yeah. And yeah. so this is just another way for them to try to uh, uh, sabotage the Affordable Care Act. Right. Uh, and, and hasn't polling shown that uh, if you ask people what are the most important issues, what do you care about? Yeah. I mean, health care is yeah, I mean, there, right? and, and Even w- more than the economy. Perhaps, yeah, or, more than the economy. Um, you know, as much as uh, as much as Trump would like to try to take credit for the economy yeah. that, that Obama left him. Um, yeah, it, that's that's exactly right. Poll after poll after poll. This is like the number one issue on the mind of voters. And it's, and what's really interesting, Bill, is it's really about cost. I mean, people are still so concerned. Uh, about how much uh, how much healthcare costs, and the thing that they're really concerned about, and this is why Claire McCaskill is so smart, she talks about this every day, is the cost of prescription drugs. Oh, and yeah. it's the one thing that Republicans and President Trump, who nominated as his second, yeah, uh, a, big a, a, drug, a big a big Eli drug Lilly. industry lobbyist, a, a drug industry executive, is now who running health and human services, jacking up the price of absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. They don't believe in any. Here's the thing: the American people in polls that we've done would would take just about any solution to lower drug prices: reimportation from Canada, uh, negotiation with Medicare, uh, price controls. I mean, we we we've, we our polls show people said if the government actually set price controls the the public would support that republicans support nothing but the pharmaceutical companies and the insurance companies yeah they're on their side not on the side of the american people all right so let's get back to this um so we've seen you you were very active in the opposition the opposition was strong particularly maybe not so strong in congress but certainly was strong um outside the it was outside the hearing yeah. i've never seen a protest like yeah, this yeah. i mean uh, just demonstrations of people standing up for yeah. their rights. Yeah. And, and, I, and Mitch McConnell calling them the mob. The mob. It's right? unbelievable. Paid the, the, let me tell you what the mob is. How many, how the, many the, people, the mob are those people that marched in Charlottesville two uh, years ago and killed yeah. that woman. That was a mob. Right. That was a bunch of mob, you know, a mob holding torches, ramming a car through a street and killing a woman. That was a mob. These were These were survivors, many of them. I mean, the ones that... Uh, you know the ones that confronted Flake and confronted Hatch. These yeah. were these were sexual assault survivors. And Orrin Hatch looks at them and says, "Grow up." I mean, give me a break. Um, these were not a mob. These were and, and these weren't paid protesters. I mean, I, I, I was going to ask you how many 
uh, people I didn't pay did you a, pay to uh, come to Washington? I didn't pay one single single protest. Nor would you. Uh, I mean, we, you there was no there was no need to. Exactly. You know now yeah. you know we had we had staff and we had uh, consultants and volunteers for protect our care that were eager to go to the hill uh, and and protest. They they weren't paid to. They were ju- they just we were allowed to. Um, but but these other people that showed up, these people that came and told their story uh, to Jeff Flake, which he just you know which he just punted for political cover to the FBI. 150 women flew here from Alaska. That's amazing. To talk it's to a, Lisa Murkowski well, at their and, and own she, expense. And she stood up, and I'll say this, Protect Our Care is in Alaska now running ads on uh, social media thanking uh, Lisa Murkowski. Cool. The politics be damned. I understand she's yeah, a Republican. Yeah. I'm a Democrat, so-called Democratic operative, but by God, she stood up and she did uh, she did the right thing. She did it by herself. No one covered her speech. Um, and she's going to she's going to get an untold amount of flack for that from her party. And the president is already going after. Her. I'll say yeah. this. Any yeah. woman who can survive a write in uh, a write in <laughs> yes. campaign yes. in Alaska where people had to not only write her name in, but spell it correctly. She can survive Donald Trump. Yeah. I, I you guarantee ever, you. Listen, I ran a write in campaign for Jerry Brown. OK. <laughs> Brown is not hard to spell. (laughs) Murkowski. That's a tough one. That's That's a a tough one. That's a lot tougher one. Uh, So here's Mitch McConnell uh, yesterday talking about that the benefit that he sees from this is that it's going to fire up the Republican base. Mitch McConnell. Going into these red state competitive races, and uh, we're pretty excited. they, They managed to deliver the only thing we had not been able to figure out how to do which was to get our folks fired up. So the question, um, now that we see the impact and Kavanaugh's on the court, is this going to fire? We're 20, 29 days away mm-hmm. from the midterms. Yeah. Is this going to fire up the Democratic base or the Republican base? Well, I guarantee you it's already fired up the Democratic base. Look, there's not a poll in the country that has shown that Republican enthusiasm outstrips Democratic enthusiasm. It's it's always the other way around. Democratic for enthusiasm, turnout for candidates for, for, for everything exactly been, yeah. uh, all that for turnout um, and Democratic enthusiasm is at an all time high for a midterm uh, for midterm election. Uh, I and, would hope it would be even higher yeah, now. Yeah. yeah. Oh no, no. It it, it, I, it will be. I guarantee you, it will be. I mean, the anger here. Look, and and the anger goes to the losing side and the side that feels like that they were wronged or aggrieved. I mean, um, you know, the winning side which we were, which we are, which we were. Absolutely, this was a whole sham. The whole process. We saw four percent of these documents. What are they hiding from his time in the White House? God forbid, what are they hiding? And we're going to get some subpoena power and, and, and find some of these things out. But I believe, I, I believe that we were already ginned up. We were already ginned up against a president who's violated every norm uh, in the world, uh, who's embarrassed this country on the, uh, on the world stage, who's a misogynist, who's been credibly accused over and over and over again of, uh, uh, of sexual assault, who's going after people's health care, who's going after a woman's right to choose. We were already fired up. We we're going to be more fired up. Their base, you know, they won. And, you know, I, I can tell you I've been on the winning side of, of big fights. And uh, generally speaking, you know, people kind of like, all right, we won. And then they go on with their lives and they, they're not yeah, angry and not right, motivated. Right. And uh, and so I, I don't buy the notion that they are going to be more fired up because uh, because of this fight or because they won. They might be in the short term. And they I, I, certainly I think they were the right wing 
was ginned up uh, during this uh, during this process, and they got and Republicans got a lot of calls uh, from uh, the Republicans' constituents. I guarantee you, our calls still outnumbered uh, outnumbered theirs. But but I, I I don't see this. I think that Republican voters in general get uh, that that Trump is a problem, that Trump is a drag, that they're going to lose the House. Uh, and I think before we get uh, to November, they'll. Uh, they'll be back to being demoralized, and and they will not have the turnout that we but will. But certainly, those people who are pissed off, particularly women, uh, at at this whole process, and it was a total sham. Um, I think. I mean, my my experience is they're really smart. They mm-hmm. understand the process. They do. And they recognize. Again, we're twenty nine days away yeah. from a chance where they can strike back and get even. There's a real opportunity here. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, went out from the Senate for, to meet with a group of these protesters. Right. Uh, and I think she has the message absolutely right on. 30 day plan. 30 day plan. Take back the Senate. Yeah. Take back the House. Yeah. Vote Democrat up and down. Obviously, she's got a supportive crowd. Yeah, absolutely. But, right, that's a message. Across, I think across it, the country, it, it absolutely yeah. is. And and you know, I think we're going to make the year of the woman of nineteen ninety two look oh. small. Yeah. by comparison. Yeah. Well, first of all, think about all of the women candidates. We already have in terms it, of number it, of candidates. Yeah, it's I mean, unbelievable. It, it's, it's unbelievable. So yeah. you know, anticipating that this was going to be a big year for women. Um, our our groups, Emily's list being you know at the very uh, at the very front, uh, Stephanie Shriok, uh recruited women all run for something. Yeah, run, run for, for something. Group. Run right. for yeah. something. I love it. They recruited women all over this country. So women are in place. Women are angry, and the elections are coming up. And I think Elizabeth Warren is is uh, is absolutely absolutely right. Look. That no one should take anything for granted. In fact, that we should uh, uh, translate this anger anger into more energy, more voter registration, more you know, more door knocking. And and I tell you, there's a group out there for our future that is just blowing the doors off. <laughs> no pun intended, or pun intended. They're going to knock on nearly eight million doors uh, this uh, this cycle, and it's tremendous. They're in all the they're all big battleground states. So we have a lot of groups out there, and and it really does come down uh, to turnout. So the work of groups like say for our future. Uh, or some of the party committees or others that are that are turning out votes. We really need to support those groups. It's hard keeping up with all these organizations. Yep. They keep popping up for yep. our future. I hadn't I hadn't heard of, but certainly yep. run for something. They're doing right. a great job. Indivisible, MoveOn.org, uh, Our Revolution, uh, you know Bernie's group. You mentioned yep. Emily's list. Emily's list. I keep every speech that I give these days. I always yeah. that in twenty six. So I'll say it again because I think it's so powerful. In 2016, when Hillary was running, there were 900, roughly 1,000 women, let's say, yeah. that Emily's List, that signed up to run for office and Emily's List trained. Yeah. This, that, they called that the Hillary bounce. Right. This year, for this cycle, thanks to Donald Trump, 40,000 women that's they trained this year. 40,000. <clears throat> that's that's the Trump bounce. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. That's absolutely yeah. right. So, I mean, it's just in- incredible, this energy. And uh, and again, it's got to be up there. And I, for look, governor's races, yeah. state legislative races, Congress, Senate, 
across the yeah. board. And, and look, Bill, whether it's whether it's women in our party or men, we have got a tremendous, uh, tremendously talented candidates. I've looked at oh, yeah. dozens yeah. and dozens of these candidates because we're working in a lot of these districts. Um, and, and and on our side, I mean, we have we have you know we have veterans. We have people who worked in very high uh, positions uh, in the uh, in the Obama administration, intelligence officers. Um, we've got, you know, former company executives. I mean, we have really talented uh, people uh, running. The recruitment was extraordinary in reaction to President Trump getting elected in, uh, in 2016. In the healthcare field, the one thing that I find very um, interesting this year is that, uh, for example, uh, me, California, right? Um, Gavin Newsom is going to be our next governor. Yep. Uh, Gavin Newsom is running... Uh, and he he has he was no wild Bernie lefty, yeah, you know. Right. He's pretty pretty left of center, certainly. Very great guy. Right. Um, he's running Medicare for all. Yeah. Andy Andrew Gillum in yeah. Florida. There is a Bernie progressive. He's yeah. running on Medicare for all. Yeah. This is an issue that um that that's really been embraced by yeah. a lot of Democrats. Yeah. Uh, I, how do you feel about it? Well, I, I mean, look, there are a lot of there's a lot of energy around uh, Medicare for all, and, and look, some of our candidates not that, that it would ran, happen overnight. But some of our is, candidates yeah. ran on Medicare for all in primaries and won. Some of the can, some candidates ran on Medicare for all in primaries uh, and lost. I, I'll say this from a strictly uh, not like where I would like to see yeah. uh, the health care in this country go, but the politics is for this election cycle is to focus on the Republicans, is to really lay at their doorstep what they've done. What they're trying to what do. What they've to done undercut. to sabotage. See, yeah. they're, they're in charge, not us. the first step us. has got to be yeah. to protect Obamacare, yeah, 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 yeah. for sure. Yeah, the first step has got yeah. to be, or I think the, the step in this cycle has got to be lay at the doorstep everything bad they've tried to uh, tried to do uh, to health care, to undermine people's yeah. health care. And then right. we get in charge. We can pass what we want to pass. But right now it's just to focus like a laser point, beam. right. Uh, like Ted Cruz, for example, you believe Ted Cruz is in Texas saying he wants to protect people with pre-existing conditions. This guy shut down the federal government <clears throat> to try to stop uh, the Affordable Care Act from going mm-hmm. into place. Mm-hmm. He read green eggs and ham on the floor of the United States Senate <laughs> to filibuster yeah. uh, the Affordable Care Act. I mean, um, the, you know, so but, we've got yeah, to really lay point. it. And, and by the way, Beto's doing Beto great. Mark, Beto's great doing candidate. great. Um, and I got to tell you, there are a lot of candidates that. That that I worried about Bill Nelson in Florida. He's he's running he's running strong. I mean that's going to be a close race. Beto's running strong. Claire's running strong. You know we're you know and and, and people don't count out Heidi Heitkamp. I mean you know I the, we had a few polls come out and I said well that race is over with. That race is far from over with. We're there this this week on our bus tour, and we're so proud of the vote that she took uh, to defend the Affordable Care Act. The vote that she took on. Uh, Kavanaugh and and I believe this. I believe you're much more likely to win if you do the right thing and then let the politics follow, rather than let the politics dictate what you do. But you know, back to your point about um, people being fired up. Uh, I had brunch yesterday with some friends, uh, and uh, <laughs> one friend said his response to what happened on Saturday is he spent 
yesterday afternoon making phone calls for yep. Bader O'Rourke. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Another one we saw the other night, she was going to Northern Virginia to work on this woman who's running, work for this woman's running, knock on doors. Yeah. yeah. Woman running against Barbara Comstock. Right, right, right. You know, yeah. So people who live in safe districts are going to other districts. Yeah. To help well, out. that's exactly what they should do. And, and you yeah. know, they don't even yeah. have to, you don't have to leave your house to do no, it. I mean, you no. can sign up online to do calls. You can, uh, you can email people. You can sign up online to, to text message. Uh, you know, people, but by God, if you can go into a campaign office, there's no better environment for doing this stuff and feeling the camaraderie of uh, of other people who are trying to do the same thing. Uh, right. So all of those people who this, the, the, I can't stress that enough. This is the time. This, this can, I, can, I tell, can I say one thing days. about Mitch McConnell? You can say anything the, you want the about thing, Mitch McConnell. The, the thing that belies his confidence that they're going to win is that they stuck with Kavanaugh. They stuck with Kavanaugh because you know, and 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 they're going to pay the consequences. I think in several election cycles, but they stuck with Kavanaugh because they were worried that if they pulled him, they couldn't get someone else through, and they might lose the Senate. Right? He right. already because right. yeah. yeah. look, yeah. The, the much smarter bet for them would yeah. have just go, gone to the next person on the list. Right. Right. Because now they, they're going to lose women for a generation. Right. Yeah. No, they stuck with Kavanaugh because they knew that they might very well might lose very well the Senate. Lose the Senate. Right. Right. Well, so let's, when you hear this you know what? BS yeah. confidence coming out of, you yeah. know, bravado coming out of Mitch McConnell, yeah. it's all BS. Let's make it happen. Thank all right. Hey, Brad Woodhouse. Great right. to see you, man. All thanks, right. Bill. Thanks for coming in. All right. This good you. is the Bill Press Show. Hey, friends. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. And we want to make sure that you know about all the other exciting ways to get more exclusive content from the Bill Press Show. We're on Patreon. Did you know that? On Patreon. So to go to Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash BP show to get videos that nobody else gets. All we ask is five bucks a month and you get access to daily commentary. And every week we put up a special interview just for our Patreon subscribers. Hey, it's a great way to support progressive media and get your hands on some fun, new, exclusive content. Thanks so much for supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash BP show. Giving you everything you need to fight the Trump administration. This is The Bill Press Show, live at youtube.com slash The Bill Press Show. Yeah, they used to tell me, don't get mad, get even. Uh-uh, BS. I say, get mad and get even. Hey, what do you say, everybody? Here we go on a Monday, October 8th. Hello, hello, hello. Great to see you. And it's good to be with you on this uh, beginning of a new week. Hope you had a great weekend. And let's uh, dive right in. You know what we've got to talk about? It was uh, ever since we were together all day Friday watching the lead up to the um, procedural vote and then Saturday the actual vote and uh, later Saturday he was sworn in to the Supreme Court. Uh, some ceremonials ceremony today but Brett Kavanaugh is already a member of the court. He has uh, taken over his office, hired his, well met with his clerks. He uh, uh, made a little history by having four female clerks on the court. Good for him. Uh, t- but too bad that he's there. <laughs> so uh, we will get into that with uh, with you and uh, your comments on Twitter uh, at BP Show. 
Uh, and meanwhile, uh, Donald Trump, just about every other day, the president is out on the road uh, doing what he can to rally up the troops for the uh, midterms. And, uh, of course, he's also rallying people up for 2020 while he's at it, uh, sometimes spending more time talking about himself than the candidate uh, that he's there to support. Chris Scatlago covers the White House for Politico uh, and is good enough to join us in studio this morning. Chris, it's always good to see you. Yes, you thanks, too. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. And uh, we will, so you know how to get in your comments in uh, on Twitter, at BP Show. We will uh, jump right into all the news of the day, but first... Here it is. Peter here. Is full court press. All right, just a couple of other stories making news. Let's go to Edmore, Michigan, where a man bought a farm back in 1998. Uh, and when he bought it, the farmer told him there was this giant rock that was used to hold a barn door open. The rock uh, weighed about 22 and a half pounds. And the farmer said, that right there, that's a meteorite. It fell on my farm and I picked it up when it was still warm and I've used it to hold this door shut. The guy that bought it just figured, yeah, this guy's just sort of blowing smoke. And he just sat on it for all these years, but he recently figured I should maybe take a look at it to see what it is. So he took it to get it checked out. Again, it's a 22 and a half pound hunk of iron and nickel that is, in fact, a meteorite. A meteorite huh? worth, by the way, about $100,000. And he's just been using it as a doorstop <laughs> for a barn for years and years and years. It worked. Yeah. Yeah. I guess, I guess it worked. Huh? <laughs> Uh, good morning to William Nordhaus and Paul Romer. They are the two winners for the Nobel Prize in Economics for their work on technology and climate change. Should be pointed out that they are two Americans who won the Nobel Prize for Economics. Uh, William Nordhaus was named for his integrating climate change into long-term macroeconomic analysis, and Paul Romer was awarded for factoring technological innovation into macroeconomics. Things that we talk about all the time here on the show, Bill. So, like, you know, we, we, we're very familiar with their work, right? Uh, on climate change, by the way, another report out from the U.N. on Yo. climate change today, yeah. which sort of confirms everything the Trump administration said last week. But the difference is the U.N. is saying this means we have to do something about it. The Trump administration was saying it's a good reason for doing nothing. We're going to talk more about that this week, for sure, about that climate change report, because it's, it's pretty Huge. bleak. Speaking of bleak, Timothy Lohman is the Cleveland police officer who fatally shot Tamir oh, yeah. Rice a couple yeah. of years ago back in 2014. Well, it turns out he has a new job. He is a police officer yet again. He has been hired by the village of Bel Air oh. in southeastern Ohio. Oh, Lord. And it has been reported that he was hired because the... Uh, police chief of Bel Air, Ohio, says that he was a trainee at the time of the shooting, and he deserves a second chance. That's disgusting. It's pretty gross. It's pretty well, gross. Well, fortunately, in Chicago, things turned out a little differently with that police officer there. Well, Laquan McDon the Laquan McDonald shooting uh, case, yeah, yeah absolutely. being found guilty of second degree murder. So. Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty it's a pretty sad story. This is the Bill Press Show. All right, folks. Now the question is, what happens next? Will the Kavanaugh confirmation uh, in the midterms 
turned out to uh, help Republicans or help Democrats. Usually it's the side that's pissed off that gets more angry and turns out uh, in greater numbers at the polls. Uh, hopefully that's the way it will be this time. What do you say? Hello, 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 and a happy Monday. It's uh, Monday, October 8th. This is the Bill Press Show. Good to see you today. Good to have you with us as we come to you live from Washington, D.C., our nation's capital, and uh, our little perch right here in the heart of the action on Capitol Hill. By the way, the House is still out this week. You know, they're not coming back till after the midterms. They're out there campaigning, which most senators would like to be doing, too, if Mitch McConnell would only uh, let them out of town. Uh, again, the Bill Press Show, it's good to have you with us as we join you online on YouTube, youtube.com slash Show. As we join you on Free Speech TV and also on the radio out in Chicago, WCPT, the greater Chicago area, we are there with you. And here in studio, Chris Catalago from Politico uh, came to Washington, what, six months ago now? Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah, that's right. from uh, covering California politics uh, and uh, a very interesting political situation out there as well. Chris, it's good to see you. So um, agree or disagree, I think you have to admit that last week was a pretty good week for Donald Trump. Yeah. He's had some I, bad weeks, but it last was, week was a good week. I saw, uh, and this is no knock on, on the New York Times, obviously the paper record, a great paper, uh, but I saw an analysis that posted uh, Friday afternoon that talked about how great a week it was for Donald Trump. And of course, it was a very good week. But it was uh, somewhat ironic to me because that was the paper that printed a 14,000-word expose that sort of blew up the, the myth of his, uh, his whole life. So we're living in such interesting times that a great week for Donald Trump when he gets a, a revised trade deal with Canada and Mexico, at least announced in principle, yeah, right, not approved. Right. Uh, and, of course, his uh, Supreme Court justice over the finish line um, – you know, there were other things in there as well, but those were obviously the two highlights for him. Um, he views the Supreme Court as uh, one of his uh, one of the areas where he could really make his legacy. He's told people that he he thinks that that's one of the places that that uh, will last. Right. And he's right about that. Yeah. I mean, uh, from my opinion, um, and I'm not alone. Sadly, he's right about that because it's certainly his legacy will will be there. I mean, the the, the impact of those appointments will mm -hmm. be felt for decades. Um, so back to this tax, uh, right? It, it, the problem today, you and I have talked about this before, mm -hmm. news is happening so fast, mm -hmm. you know, this gusher of news like every day uh, that we tend to, something happens and then we move on and we forget about it. It's been just a week since this sto story came out. I must tell you, you and I may be the only two people that read every word of that story. It, it's a, it's a chore to get through it. Yeah. But it is stunning in its uh, complexity, I guess, and I think its accuracy. That that this whole myth that Donald Trump was a self-made man who, yeah, he got a million dollars from his daddy, but he's turned it into ten billion dollars, is phony. The question is how many of his supporters, how many people out there on either side or even folks, you know, in the in the in the uh, uh, non-existent middle um, uh, believed the original story to begin with. Right. So <laughs> well, I think a lot of the supporters did. But I think a lot of the media did, too. Or did they not but, believe but it and just not care? Maybe. I mean, that, but all these. So th this precedes, of course, his 
becoming a candidate for yes. president. I mean, his whole shtick in New York, right, where yeah. he was a a big player in New yeah. York, was this incredibly successful real estate developer, right, who moved from the Queens into Manhattan and took over Manhattan with the tallest building, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was all, you know, kind of make-believe. Yeah, it was amazing to, to hear how they put that together, looking at Remember when those initial three pages came out of the tax returns? Yes, yes. And that was key to then uh, finding out later on that he had, was making all this all this more money. I guess it was 04 or 05, and it was obviously after they had sold uh, his father's properties, basically, and split them among the siblings. Right. Um, and that was seemed to be key. And yeah. I don't know the, the fact— I'm, I forget the exact numbers. I don't have the article in front of me, but— Four hundred thirteen million. Four hundred thirteen million. Yeah, and uh, and in that one year that you point out, he reported like twenty nine thousand yeah. dollars in taxable income <laughs> because they were using all these. They were cheating on their taxes. Yeah, these schemes. It was stunning to me that the paper. You know, usually these things get picked through by uh, media lawyers and they get softened in their language. Yes, and stuff. But yeah. using words like outright fraud and things like that that you just don't see that very often they obviously must have been very confident in their reporting to use that type of language and you heard a lot of pushback from the white house from sarah sanders from donald trump um most of it sort of overly characterized it but none of it pointed to anything in particular in that long article and said this piece is wrong no 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 exactly all they said was um the it was it was not true and the New York Times owes us an apology. Yeah. You know, they did not refute. Yeah. I don't one... know what they would apologize for. I mean, you'd have to point out something to. Yeah. But they didn't refute one fact, right? Uh, now, so is anything going to happen? Let's say that what the paper alleges or reports is true, that they, that they, that in, in one sense, they took advantage of opportunities that any wealthy person does with loopholes and tax games. But they say they went beyond that, that they actually broke the law in some cases. Is anything going to happen? Well, I think that the criminal statute of limitation, according to that article and and subsequent articles, uh, some that we had done, talked about um, how that had long passed years ago. But there are some civil penalties, including having to you know, pay back a portion of that. And I guess we'll just have to see wh- how that gets pursued. That New York in, in State, state might pursue, exactly. huh? Yeah. Right. The attorney general there or, uh, uh, you know, the tax board and folks are looking. But once again, it's a remarkable that a story which would bring down probably any other politician barely, it's just a glancing blow. At yeah, Trump, he hasn't right. shot anyone on Fifth Avenue yet. <laughs> but it, it, two things, a small thing and a big thing. Uh, you know, you had the, the 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 sort of monumental hulking tax story. And then you had this little thing where he's got the toilet paper on his shoe and he's he's uh, uh, or white paper and he's making his way up the stairs of Air Force One. I was thinking about both those things. They would in any other administration. Remember, Obama wore the tan suit. And it was a multi-day story. I it just from the littlest, most inconsequential thing to some of the biggest stories, none of them really seemed to stick. Whatever happened to that tan suit? That's interesting that you remind me of it. He wore, I don't know. He wore it one day, but I mean, 
Mitch McConnell likes tan suits too. He doesn't seem to get the same. <laughs> well, Mitch back. McConnell likes seersucker suits yeah. too. Uh, one one day a year. Peter, did we ever see that? I don't think even like going out with Michelle on a date or even going to some non-political thing that Obama ever wore that tan suit again. No, I don't think we saw it again. I don't remember seeing it again. He probably gave it to Goodwill or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be a whole big thing at the Obama Library. You know, there's a whole wing dedicated yeah. to the, the outrage over the tan suit. <laughs> that's, that's where it is. It's yeah. either in the Smithsonian or it'll be in the... Uh, in the Obama Library. All right, so um, Trump, he's like Willie Nelson on the road again, man. He is out there all the time. Uh, last week it was where Kansas and Mississippi, Mississippi. and yeah. Uh, this week, he, is it, I, I, I forget Texas. Tomorrow or he's in Cedar Rapids, I believe, and then yeah, right. um, he's got Texas is coming up, but he's got uh, he's got another one. Is it Erie, Pennsylvania? Uh, Ohio, I think that might be later in the week. No, it's hard to keep track of them. Yeah. Well, what's the deal? I mean, is he, uh, uh, you know, I, I have to tell you, as a Democrat, uh, we always complained that uh, Obama was not on the yes. road enough, not doing enough for candidates. Uh, Trump seems to take it that part of his job pretty seriously. You remember when Obama, I went back and tried to research some of this. Remember there were, there were he was... He was kind of putting his finger in the eye of the left a little bit ahead of the midterms. Remember the Joe Biden thing? Was, there was a famous quote that was like, get over it or something. And and Obama was going to some of the more progressive group events. I think it was in June ahead of the midterms. There was just a much different dynamic between him and the Democratic base and Donald Trump and the Republican base at the time. I think Obama was was going out and trying to sell very individual things. I think with women, he was saying, look, I appointed a woman to the Supreme mm-hmm. Court. He had this 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 message that was uh, more broad. I think mm-hmm. he still at the time very much thought that he could appeal to the a broader electorate. Donald Trump has never his dispense with that you know notion from totally. the beginning of his his presidency. He's never really tried to buy into that. Um, he's also doing more. I think in total, we'll see in the end. Um, he had to cancel two because of the hurricane right. one in Missouri and and. And one somewhere else. So we'll see in the end. But he has scheduled more of these events than both George W. Bush and Obama. I, I think he's scheduled more than the two of them combined. I'd, Feels I'd like be it. willing. I'd be willing to bet on that. I mean, I haven't done the research yeah. either yet. But, but um, I mean, the idea that two or three times a week, mm-hmm. starting like a month ago, and he'll continue that through uh, through the midterm through up to early November. He's gotten in a little bit of a, you know, at first these were sort of slapdash and he'd go and he'd give his regular thing. Now, you know, I, I have, if, if we're not there, I have these on at my house and my wife has now sort of internalized these, the flow of these events as someone she outside. She loves doesn't. watching them, she, sitting down and watching she, them. She enjoys you, right? it very much every night. But, um, <laughs> we, uh, uh, he's, he, he, on a, on a normal day. He sticks to the script more than one might imagine. There are he'll he'll veer off and talk about himself and 2016 and something that might be in the news. But another interesting thing about him is a big story might come up that day. He waits. He talks about it with people. He doesn't he doesn't shoot from the hip as much as people might think. The day that New York Times story came out, he didn't riff on it. Mm-hmm. He didn't riff on the day that uh, uh, Manafort 
was found guilty and um, we found out that Cohen was going to um, uh, participate in, or or um, um, with the uh, with the Fed. So it, it's just an interesting sort of takeaway that that and then he does have sort of built in five or ten minutes uh, for the c- candidate or candidates that he's there to to yeah, to represent right. who will come up and give um you know, give sort of their stump speech. Yeah, it was uh, I thought saw one recently where he spoke for like sixty-five minutes or so, and then five minutes was yeah. dedicated to the candidate that he was there. Yeah, he's supporting. He's the main attraction. <laughs> if, it's, if he remembers the name of the candidate, that the he, people who yeah, the, it, sometimes he'll just say the first name. I think if he's if he's not as uh, <laughs> uh, if he's not as confident. Hey Joe, let's the, bring Joe up here. <laughs> the pronunciation of the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> be interesting to see if he goes back to West Virginia now, though. That was a big question we had Friday. I had heard. Oh, damn right he will. You think so? Yeah. Mitch McConnell said they're still going full bore for uh, whoever. Yeah, they the are money wise, and I know they started up a new ad today. But you know, I think Trump. Uh, he's not as you could tell. He's he's not as aggressive on Mansion as he is on others. He hates John Tester. Um, mm-hmm. You know, based on the Dr. Ronnie Jackson, you remember that whole oh, yeah. uh, blow yeah, up right. over his VA appointment. Oh, so yeah, yeah. I think some of these things, it's weird. He approaches them with a personal relationship, too. And I think that now that Manchin has voted for this pick and I th- and people tell him, you know, Manchin is a tough out. And so we'll see. There's, you know, still a month to go. Um, but, yeah, it's Is there any evidence, uh, well, that he actually helps these candidates that he's going out to? The candidates say yes. Um, I mean, th- clearly they pack the audience with, you know, Trumpers, right? So if you look at the newspapers, but or beyond those Trumpers in the audience, is he moving the needle? He is in local media. If you look at the local papers, um, they they this is like the Super Bowl for them, or whatever big event you might uh, equate it to. Someone told me last week that at one of these events. Uh, fairly good-sized local television station in, in one of these Senate states uh, went live at 3 p.m. and then didn't didn't go off until I think it was 9 or 10, doing live wall-to-wall coverage of Donald Trump's visit. Mm. So yeah. some of that stuff, if you were to try to equate that to ads that you might buy in the state, especially the states with smaller media markets, I don't know. I mean, in the end, we'll see. And he's focusing so much on these on these Senate seats, which, you know, Mm-hmm. It's probably a good sign for Democrats. You know, I was thinking this morning, uh, I don't know why I'd be thinking about him, um, but I was. We haven't heard from Rudy Giuliani mm-hmm. probably in three weeks, maybe, you know. Um, so ha- where's Rudy? And is has the Mueller investigation gone underground for the midterms just to kind of recognize they don't want to be accused of in any way interfering in the midterms? No one has said that officially, but it certainly feels like it. Looks and like I think it, doesn't it? Rudy, the only time we heard from him was when he when he got, uh, I think it was Dr. Ford's name wrong in a tweet or something. Um, he's been totally quiet, not out there, probably taking his cues. In, in, people in their analysis of Donald Trump having a good week mentioned the Mueller probe, sort of dissipating yeah, or, yeah. or or a good week in the sense that Mueller didn't do anything didn't right? do anything no big news there so right. <laughs> i i think we'll have to see i mean i've never subscribed to this idea that that anyone is is uh, has any responsibility to not pop up when something when a big development happens just because this election i mean 
all the rules seem to be have already been thrown out. Um, so I, I don't know that that would be the case, but you know, I guess we'll just have to see if anything comes out in the next. I mean, people. Had, the rumor was there was going to be some sort of initial report, um, and obviously that hasn't happened. Well, the, first of all, Rudy announced right definitively yes. that yes. the probe was going to end on September first. Yes, right. So maybe one thing I wanted to point it out. You know, I wanted to point out with with all the news that happened over the weekend, Rudy Giuliani did oh retweet mm. someone. I'm sure you saw this. Uh, retweeted this tweet. Follow the money. I think George Soros oh, is yeah. the Antichrist. Yeah. <laughs> he must go. Freeze his assets, and I bet the protests stop. So, oh. again, he's oh. like. So Soros was paying the protesters? That's what Rudy Giuliani oh, was, was trying to I was wondering who was paying yeah. the Trump protesters. said that about the elevator yeah. protests, right? Didn't yeah, he? he did. Yeah, he did. The president has sort of waded into that whole idea. It's just amazing to me how much mileage they've gotten out of But think really about that for a second. Think about that for a second. Rudy Giuliani, who... For who 20 had, years, they've been blaming everything on George Soros. Yeah, seriously. But think about the fact that Rudy Giuliani, who is who is the president's attorney and has whose name was mentioned a lot during, you know, who was going to be Trump's attorney general, is saying that we should be able to freeze someone's assets for an allegation that has no basis whatsoever. Right, this idea that George Soros is the one bankrolling these protesters. There's nothing, nothing that shows that that's the case. Nothing, and so they're saying we should freeze his assets. I I just wish George Soros gave more money than he did. Yeah, I mean, seriously. I wish he gave half of what the Koch brothers give. Right, uh, in terms of to helping candidates or helping causes. It just doesn't. But this it's this myth that's out there. I think it gets at the sensitivity that. Uh, the administration and folks around him, including uh, Republicans in the Senate, felt about those protests. They they were pretty worried when they saw those on TV, and they thought if this is the if this is the number of people that are outside the Capitol right now, um, you know, we need to counter this somehow. We need to have our side out here. I mean, the 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 optics of it are are not good. By the way, just to point out, Peter, we remember this. It was proven that in the early days of the Tea Party. The Koch brothers were the ones who were busing people to these congressional town halls, who were running ads, who were telling, putting word out there of where these town halls were being held. They were training people on what to say so they could get on television. It was an entire. Remember, we call I'll, it the astroturf. Yeah, astroturf. Not I'll do grassroots. You I, look, look, look at the history proven, of hate. The history of paid protesters in this country are almost entirely on the Republican side. Look at the Brooks Brothers riot. You remember that, right? Uh, yes. Those were paid right. pro pay, paid agitators, right? This goes way Congressional back. staffers way who back. were flown to Florida to protest the uh, the, the recount. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. The it's Brooks, so funny. The Brooks Brothers protest. They just, they're about just that. projecting their own problems onto somebody else. Chris, there's another uh, 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 story that neither you nor I, I think, have had time to really uh, bore into, but which uh, is facing the White House right now, and that is the report that this Jamal Khashoggi, Washington Post mm -hmm. columnist, uh, a Saudi and a Saudi dissident, uh, has written several columns critical of the Saudi government, has disappeared. He was last seen by his fiancée, who accompanied him, walking into the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, the Turkish government said he was murdered by Saudi agents inside that consulate. Mm -hmm. Hasn't been seen since. And, and here is the Saudi government 
and that Donald Trump has gotten very, very close to in this new leader uh, leadership. Um, nothing from the White House about no, this yet. No, nothing yet. This is going to be a, a, a question that they're going to face, certainly, um, uh, if and when they return for their uh, very infrequent uh, briefings. Huh? Briefings. Um, yeah, I, the story, is, as far as I knew, you know, as of yesterday, was still still very murky. I watched, I think, his editor on, on CNN um, talking about how, you know, they knew he was missing. And then there were obviously this report in the Post that, that he had died. But I think there was still some question about um, verification of that and, and not sure how that happened. The fact that it was at the, uh, uh, you know, at the, the official consulate there. Yeah, right. I, I think... Um, I mean, the whole thing, the idea that, that I think he was living here for a while in Virginia and had uh, only started this column about a year ago and had just taken off in his uh, home country. And he's probably the best known journalist in the, in, in the, in the region. Um, right. Yeah, no, this is going to be something but really that, uh, frightening. And again, yeah. the Turkish government says, and of course, you're depending on the Turkish government, which has not been particularly good to journalists. Um, they their own or forthright their own. about any of it. exactly yeah. yeah so you have to maybe consider the source but yeah. they point the finger right at the Sallies and say the guy walked in and he's, not, he's never come out yeah. yeah and they they claim that there was a squad of hitmen from Saudi Arabia who who had landed in Turkey mm. just for the process of tracking down this Khashoggi and maybe take him into custody or whatever uh, it's just it's just frightening. Yeah, we'll see what they say. I guess he was there to either get a new marriage license or, or finalize a divorce or something, and, and he had gone. And I know he'd been he very was, careful. About yeah, it. he was engaged to get remarried. He had to have a document that proved that he, in fact, was divorced okay. before he could get remarried. Yeah. Turkey. That was yeah. yeah. We'll see what they say. I mean, uh, oftentimes if it's not something that they want to forcefully engage on, um, they'll uh, they'll give you sort of the stock answer of you know we'll have an answer on that when we have an answer on that so um, we'll see but I, I know there's a lot of interest in in hearing uh, you know if and when the U S might not only comment on it but to try to get to the bottom of what happened. You mentioned uh, one of the we've focused so much on Kavanaugh this week. Um, uh, so what does Trump plan is do we can we expect him to do a victory lap on Kavanaugh? I know there's some kind of a ceremony today, right? Yeah. Sort of, which so is, he goes to uh, he's doing an uh, uh, an event with uh, with peace officers in Orlando. And then I think it's 7 p.m. They come back. Obviously, now Justice Kavanaugh. Uh, so, right. you know, we haven't been saying that. No. Uh, Will has already been sworn in. I, I guess uh, former Justice Kennedy was there, and and John Roberts, the chief justice. The two, the two of them swore him in. Yes, Never he's in. Before. He's done. He's, so this is this is certainly part of a victory lap. This this uh, cer- I guess you'd call it a ceremonial swearing in with the president. Right. Uh, present. Um, yeah. I mean, I am quite skeptical. As are I would say even the the most. Uh, um, um, optimistic Republicans who hope that this will have uh, some tail to it. Uh, you know, as we've said all along, the tax bill, all these things, voters just don't tend to go to the ballot box to as a thank you for something that has already passed and has happened. I mean, it it's not it doesn't generally rile up people. Uh, we know. Democrats, progressives have been this entire time, this has not changed as much as Republicans might wish that it would, 
have been energized. We know that's going to happen. So the question every time one of these big stories comes up is how will the right react? How will conservatives react? Will they be able to mitigate mm -hmm. that energy? In these House races, there's no evidence that they will. Um, there's no evidence in suburban districts. We see report after, you know, story after story, reporters going to KC and California and, and these different suburbs. Um, you know, the Senate is just a different story. It's just so much harder for for um, for Democrats in those Senate seats. And that's where Donald Trump is spending a lot of time at these rallies right. um, in, in these Senate seats. No, I think you say it well. And I really think that my experience has been that is the case. There's nothing that brings people out uh, rather uh, better than being really pissed off about something, really concerned about something. Voters do not tend to come out to say, thank you. If I'm going to go out to vote to, to say thank you. No, they don't. It's just hu in human nature. It doesn't work that way. And the, this, uh, you're not going to persuade a lot of people to change parties or change. You know, in this election, there aren't a lot of people out there saying, oh, well, you know, this this undecided voter who, mm -hmm. you know, show me the undecided voter this time around. So it's really a motivational exercise. It's who is going to be motivated enough to get out and and you know republicans right. might in some strange way have wished that this kavanaugh thing had dragged out longer or a gone the other way eternity yeah um so the um in fact i i saw i think it was on politico this morning mm -hmm. it was a story that in this case republicans may have sacrificed control of certainly the house mm -hmm. and maybe even the senate for control of the supreme court for decades that that's that that was the equation and they by the way i'm not saying they're wrong but the the supreme court having that in that far right direction for decades mm -hmm. was worth the short term loss of the house and maybe even the senate or, so yeah another way to think about it is it's possible that those were going to go anyway and, and yep. having to wait right. and not have him confirm, you know, mm -hmm. pulling out at some mm -hmm. point. Think about what that would do to depress Republican turnout if the seat was just held empty right? and they didn't pursue a justice. Right. All right. We've got to let you go. Get back down to the White House and do your job there for Politico at Politico.com. Thanks, Chris, so much Thanks for coming in. Uh, meanwhile, uh, what's next on the Hill? Eliza Collins from USA Today covers Congress for, the, for USA Today. She'll, she joins us next here on The Bill Press Show. Quick break. We'll be right back. Take The Bill Press Show anywhere you go. Download our free podcast. Search for The Bill Press Show on iTunes and catch the highlights from every show. And here we are on a Monday, Monday, October 8, a big Monday. Uh, every day is a big day in Washington these days, it seems, because the uh, news cycle never slows down. Welcome to the Bill Press Show. Thank you for joining us. Uh, booming out to you live from our studio on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C. Brought to you today by the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, those good men and women of the Teamsters Union under President Jim Hoffa. We all live better because of their good work. Check out their website at teamster.org. Uh, and uh, one more reminder about my latest book, um, the reasons for wanting to dump Donald Trump keep growing and growing and growing. Uh, certainly, uh, Brett Kavanaugh is another great big reason for doing so, plus his uh, insults and attacks on Dr. Christine Blasey Ford. You can add those to my list in the newest book, Trump Must Go, the top 100 reasons to dump Trump and uh, maybe one to keep him. Go to our website at billpressshow.com. 
Uh, and it's an interactive website. You can add your reasons. The reasons keep growing. You can write the second book. So we call it the top 200 reasons um, at BillPressShow.com. Also, you can get your own signed copy of the book. There, we'll tell you uh, how to uh, how to go about that uh, and join the fun with Trump Must Go. Elias Collins covered. Boy, the, what happens to the Congress now? Uh, is there any possibility left of getting anything done, or was there ever? Eliza Collins covers the Congress for. USA Today, joining us in studio. Hello, Liza. Nice to see you. Nice to see you, too. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah. Just, <laughs> wait, today's your birthday? No, the week, over the weekend. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. There it is. Yes. They had a special session of the U.S. Yeah, Congress. They, uh, just to celebrate. It was a celebrate. Saturday, and I still had to work. <laughs> right. Oh, that's the worst. <laughs> so uh, Mitch McConnell says, the Senate's not broke. It, we don't have to fix it. Uh, is he the only one who believes that? He's actually not. Um, so this last week was bizarre because there is this really deep anger and the both sides are really frustrated and upset with each other. But we started asking us at USA Today, started asking lawmakers as we were leading up to the final vote last <coughs> week. You know, we didn't even know what would happen when we started asking Friday morning. Can the Senate recover? And Every single person we talked to in both parties, we talked to probably almost a dozen, and then on Saturday I actually talked to McConnell who said something similar. They all said yes, but it's going to take time. Um, and they did, everyone pointed out that while all of this anger and bitterness was happening last week, they passed a massive opioids bill. They reauthorized the Federal Aviation Administration for five years, which has taken years to do. And? I just want to interrupt you for a second. As part of that, they banned cell phones on airplanes, continued the ban on cell phones in airplanes as part of that FAA reauthorization bill, which I say, yes, yes, yes. Wow, I actually didn't even know that because I was on Kevin all the time. But these things were just sort of moving through these big, and they were massively bipartisan, almost unanimous with, I think, there was like one person who voted against um, the opioids bill and a few that voted against the FAA bill. They have gotten the most appropriations bill bills on time in like 20 years. Um, the government did not shut down. So these things were all happening last week. At the same time, they'd go to the floor and just rage at each other. So it's this really bizarre time in the Senate. But everybody says that they'll be able to be okay. And certainly the Senate Judiciary Committee turned into a totally partisan food fight. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. the There's rancor, no the anger, I mean, openly. You know, the thing about the Senate, uh, there's always a Senate decorum, mm-hmm. right? And they go out of the way with the gentleman from Louisiana. Right, my good you, friend on the other side. Oh, that guy. Yeah. Boy, that went out the window the th- at the Kavanaugh hearing. Right. There was this moment. I mean, there was a lot of it. But the moment that stuck out to me, and I actually asked McConnell about this on Saturday, but it was Lindsey Graham. When he just had this moment where he said all, to the Democrats, I hope all you want is power. I hope you never get it. And then what really stuck out is he said, that this is hard for me to say because you used to be my friends. And the word used to just really stuck out at me because Graham – He's sort of up and down, whether he's wildly partisan or very bipartisan, depending on the issue. But um, he's friends with Democrats. But you can't deny that. Used to be. Used to be. Right. So uh, that stuck fact, out to In fact, here's me. what he said yesterday, uh, what he's going to do 
uh, he was on Fox News, uh, Fox News Sunday. First of all, he loves what happened, right? He's happy. Oh, he's amped, he's yeah. happy, 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 right? Uh, we got happy. I came to the aid of this good man and helped defeat this debacle. I'm happy as a clam. Happy, happy as, as a, a clam. clam. Happy all, as a South all. Carolina clam. <laughs> and now what I'm going to do, he said, for the first time. This is going to the streets at the ballot box. Uh, I'm going to, I've never campaigned against a colleague in my life. That's about to change. He says wow. he's going to go out and campaign against His some colleagues. Democrats. Now, yeah. he didn't, we don't know, first of all, we don't know whether he's going to follow through with that or whether he's going to, um, which ones, right? Right, but but that's a huge deal. So he's going to campaign against John Tester or Joe Donnelly, uh, Heidi Heitkamp. Yeah, I don't, I don't know who he's going to campaign against, but that's noteworthy. Graham is someone who is friends with, friends with the Democrats. Again, I would use the word "used to" because used to be. Yeah, you're right. You know, uh, friends I, don't campaign against each other. That uh, I said this last week at the risk of repeating myself. I think there were two job interviews happening right mm-hmm. there. One was. Brett Kavanaugh interviewing for the Supreme Court and Lindsey Graham interviewing for Attorney General of the United States. I think you cannot avoid <laughs> thinking thinking that at least, yeah. But so. he's he, he's almost said it that the president has a right after openly defending Sessions, right? He's saying he Sessions, yeah. the president, get off that track, leave Sessions alone. Then he suddenly shifts to the president's got a right. To nominate, have an attorney general, the attorney general he wants. Right. Me, 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 me. Right. And then he has that. um, I don't know whether you saw, um, but Lindsey Graham even had the audacity to say that if John McCain were still alive today, he would be applauding what the Republicans did. Collins and Flake, yeah. No, I I did see that. At Collins, he he would be applauding applauding Collins Collins and Flake. Right. How dare he say that? I think, well, and Flake has said leading up to this, not the vote, yes, but the, you know, working with Chris Coons to get the FBI investigation, all that, They there's been mentions of kind of channeling McCain along the way. And so Graham to go and say he'd be so proud of you too is was really fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I know John McCain, but John McCain probably would have voted for, for Kavanaugh to tell the truth. But in in terms of equating them, who always cave with John McCain, who had has shown the backbone, did show the backbone on many occasions to stand up to the leaders of his own party, Jeff Flake and Susan Collins have it. To be fair, Susan Collins has. She was also voted she against voted for Gorsuch, but she but she voted on health care, which is what everybody talks about when they talk about the McCain moment, right? Yeah. How can she, uh, Susan Collins, now? Still call herself a pro-choice Republican. Well, she she's been calling herself a pro-choice Republican, and she's voted for all kinds of different judges. So, I I don't know. I mean, I think that she that has been her thing. Um, she has made that very clear that she's voted for people to, no matter which president. Before before all of this happened, when Kavanaugh was first nominated, she was undecided. You know, we didn't know how she'd vote, but she was definitely starting to say things that made us in the press corps think, well, she's probably a yes. Um, that changed when the allegations came out. But she would go, she would say, you know, I vote for people based on their um, 
sort of their credentials, which is what we saw in her speech. I mean, she spent most of it going through every different thing. So clearly that part of the speech she had been thinking of for a while is what I got that sense. I was just going to ask you that. It seemed to me watching that speech, this was not a speech she wrote Friday morning. Right. This was a speech she had written and been working on for a long time. So I do think that she was conflicted about the allegations part. And, the, and if you notice in the speech, most of it was about the his sort of merits as a judge, pushing back on all of the criticism yeah. she sort of expected. That he'll to be get. a good vote for health care. B.S. He'll be a good vote for Roe v. Wade, baloney. He'll be a good, go, good vote on presidential powers, baloney. I mean, I think every one of those points she was wrong, and but she asserted the opposite. Right. She had clearly, that felt like she had been working on that for a while. Um, I'm not sure when she came to the decision, this, let's kind of say, first round before the allegations came out in second round, but... Um, I talked to McConnell on Saturday, and he said that I asked, how do you keep most all of your Republicans in line besides Murkowski? And he said he thought it was a week before, after Flake called for the FBI investigation, after the Dr. Ford and Kavanaugh hearing, Flake called for the um, FBI investigation, and the Judiciary Republicans, Flake, Collins, and Murkowski met in McConnell's office. And they together laid out the scope of the FBI investigation. And so from then, you know, so when we saw Flake and Collins walk out last week and say, yep, that looked thorough enough, well, it was because they they knew how thorough it would be. And McConnell said that he felt like that was the moment things changed. Now, he said he didn't know how they would vote. Um, and Murkowski said she decided on her way into the chamber. And I do believe that they were conflicted till the very end. But what happens to Murkowski now? I have my doubt. I mean, she's not up until 2022. And this is someone who was primaried in 2010. She's not up until 20. She's not up in 2020. No, she was up in 2016. So she was up 2010, 2016 and 2022. Well, first of all, that's really funny because Sarah Palin, as you know, uh, tweeted after the vote about Lisa Murkowski saying, I can see I can see 2020 from my porch or something like that, from my house. I mean, let me double check, but she was 2010 yeah. was her no. big write-in campaign. I think so. I, I, what I'm saying is Sarah yeah, Palin could be dead wrong. wrong about that. Yeah. So she anyway. was, um, 20, 2010, <laughs> she had her big, she was primaried out, the Senate basically cut her off, and then um, she won a write-in campaign. So this is someone who has... So she's Who got, has faced conservative opposition oh, yeah, before? Yeah, right. Um, and so I think I have my doubts that this really affects her. Alaska is a different kind of place, um, and it's it's not November. No. So I think it'll help her um, in the law in the short term and in the long term. And Joe Manchin, of course. Yes. Republicans are now going to uh, ease off in West Virginia now, right? Because he voted the right way. That's not what Mitch McConnell said. What McConnell said. McConnell said just the opposite. They're still going to go after him. M- but I, I, I do think this helps Manchin in West Virginia. I think that Republicans lose s- how hard they go after him. We'll see. Well, but again, McConnell <laughs> saying just the opposite. Said they're going to spend as much money for whoever this is against Manchin. Uh, and I really believe that, 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 and I've said so many times, Manchin could have won, was going to win. It didn't no matter, matter how what. he voted. Yeah. Right. Because he's, he's Joe Manchin. Um, 
You know, back to Susan Collins, uh, Peter. Yesterday, she was on uh, State of the Union, and she takes this position that I, I've heard several other people take, tr- try, trying to have it both ways on the Kavanaugh um, what happened accusations. Ford? I found Dr. Ford's testimony to be heart-wrenching, painful, compelling, and I believe that she believes what she testified to. So it's sort of like... I believe her, uh, Joe Manchin said the same thing, but I don't believe Kavanaugh right, did it's, it. I believe way, it was to, a couple of weeks ago we were talking about how crazy this Ed Whelan theory was on Twitter about like the imposter, and he, I, and yeah, he identified yeah. another man. He's like, this guy could have done it. And the right. guy was like, what the hell? Right. But that has now become the, the sort of... Well, the, the argument the Republicans are using. And it, it's a hard argument to make because you're saying, I believe, genuinely believe her, except that last part where she says who it is. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's, and it's, I was surprised that Collins brought that up. That was something I had kind of heard, like you were saying, we've heard floated from Ed Whelan. And Collins, there's no denying that Collins sort of, by bringing that up on Friday, made that more of a mainstream issue. Collins gave cover to more moderate and establishment Republicans in her speech in support of Kavanaugh. And I think that's why she got so, they were so excited about her speech because she said she really laid it all out there in a way that was different than someone say like Lindsey Graham or frankly, any of the white men who had been making the argument here was a woman making the argument. Right. And so they were excited by her speech, but she did make this theory that is difficult to explain because you're saying I genuinely believe her, except when she says it was a hundred percent Kavanaugh. No, I, I, it, it's, but it's a, been a go-to place for a lot of people for their, for their. Yes well, it allows them to say they are both well, believe victims, yeah. and Kavanaugh's okay, right, and gets them off the hook of uh, questioning Dr. Blasey Ford's right. credibility at, at all. So this this week is very significant. I think we um, uh, talked to some members of the weekend uh, staff of House members who their house is out now until after right, the midterms. Right. right. I mean, they're focusing they're on getting reelected. Republicans trying to hold into the House. Democrats take it take it back mm-hmm. um, with a good measure of a good likelihood of success there. But the Senate is back in session this week. So right. McConnell just. It is basically preventing Democratic senators from, from going, who need yeah. to, right. uh, because more of them are, are challenged this year than Republicans, from getting back there and running for reelection. Exactly. And I did see that he was saying he would talk to Schumer about a package, basically where they can push something in a big chunk together. If they want, if Democrats want to go home, they've got to play ball, basically. And so we'll see what happens. I mean, I do think there is a lot of anger and I think there'd be some resistance from Democrats to just agree to put people through in a chunk. But uh, Our first guest today, uh, Brad Woodhouse, who is former communications director for the DNC, uh, made a point which I think has some validity. I want, to, I want to check with you that one of the reasons that McConnell, that they really, really pushed this and forced this and wouldn't allow any longer delay on an FBI investigation, whatever, is because they know that this may be their last chance. They know that they could lose the Senate on November 6th, and McConnell didn't want to risk that, that he had to get it done. Uh, you know, they wanted him on the court right. for the first day of the yeah. court, so they missed by a week. Le- yeah, 
but also the midterms, the midterms, the midterms, and the possibility of losing control of the Senate. Do you think that was in McConnell's mind? I think that was definitely in his mind. I also think what was in his mind, and he actually, I talked to him on Saturday. He did his sort of press tour of, talk, he was proud, you know, of Kavanaugh. So he talked to a bunch of us. But um, he said nothing rallies the base like a Supreme Court nomination. And I do think he is correct. I mean, we saw this fight after this hearing when people walked away being like, How, oh, my gosh. The poll numbers in these red states, suddenly the Republicans were ahead or um, there was a surge. The gap was closed. The NPR had a poll co- that came out that had Democrats with a 10-point enthusiasm advantage in July, and it was just two points after the Kavanaugh hearings. And I think Republicans— I don't believe that poll for a you second, don't? by the way. No, not I mean, at all. I think Democrats are still just as enthusiastic, if not more. You, uh, I saw that NPR poll, which I, 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 so I just yeah. discounted but. I don't want to say take it for granted that Democrats right. are going to do better, but the the fact of it is, I've been around politics a long time. People never people turn out when they're pissed off. They don't. Well, and that, so that's the question: Is the sh- quote unquote sugar high that they got getting Kavanaugh on? Is that still going to be there in a month? Do you think these Republicans are going to turn out and say thank you for voting for Brett Kavanaugh? No, <laughs> no. But that's not are they, they angry enough at the Democrats? At the I mean, they they no, keep talking they about won. the protesters and yeah. Feinstein. Does that get people revved up enough? I don't know. I don't know the answer. I, I'll tell you who's pissed off is those women who are outside on the plaza. Oh yes, yeah. And the women who got arrested on the Capitol steps. You, the idea that they're not going to go out and vote. Oh no, in they're they're there, but they what people point th- those women were already coming. This is, I mean, I've talked to someone like at Emily's list a couple of weeks ago and said, "Has Kavanaugh made you guys, you know, have your candidates changed their strategy?" And they said, "This is something that we're infuriated by." But basically, add this to the list. Now, this was before Kavanaugh yeah. was voted to the Supreme Court, but they felt like from day one, President. Trump's inauguration women were like, I mean, remember, Access Hollywood. This has been happening for years at this point, and people are still revved up. Little factoid. Before the Kavanaugh hearing, even, right, uh, in the Democratic primaries this year and special elections, Democratic turnout was up 84% over what it was four years ago. Wow. 84%. Republican turnout was up 24%. So, so there is an enthusiasm, more enthusiasm about the political scene in general. In general, but Democrats certainly have it, that. It, but but it's clearly on the uh, on the Democrats. It has been, and I don't think this hearing, the fact that Democrats got lost, is going to change that. If anything, I think it'll quicken it. But what about in a state like North Dakota, say, where people maybe liked, you know, they say Heidi, like they don't even call her Senator Heitkamp, Heidi. They liked her, but Heidi voted against Kavanaugh. Is that? Do you think that could be the rage vote? My own feeling is is that people exaggerate the importance of the Supreme Court vote. Uh, other than the fact that I think one reason they like Heidi is because Heidi is an independent person, who uh, I don't look. I've never. Just trying to think. Yeah, I was in North Dakota once. I guess I've been yeah. in Fargo once, but otherwise, yeah. I don't know the state that well, so I really can't speak yeah. about it. But I think what I what I glean from people I've, who who are from North Dakota is they like Heidi because she's she's her her own person, well, right? That has and been they a don't want a toady. They don't want anybody who's going to be loyal to either party. And I think she just proved again that she's 
independent, capable of making up her own mind. But she delivers for the people of North Dakota. And, and I think it's the same with John Tester. Right. He's, he just represents Montana, you know? Right. And, and he's on a farm every weekend when he goes yeah, home. Yeah, he's on a farm driving his tractor. Yeah, literally like, like a working s- farm. Yeah. Yeah, every weekend. So I think he fits Montana. She fits North Dakota. And I'm not saying she's not, it's going to be an easy ride for her. Right. But it was, it was it a hard a ride red, before red she came state. out with that vote, too. She was a totally. top, top target and polls showing Kevin yeah. Kramer ahead. No, I think yeah. the, I think that we, we we mentioned this earlier. The ones that really showed, I think, a lot of backbone here were Joe Donnelly and Claire McCaskill and John Tester and Heidi Heitkamp. Right, the ones from all Trump of whom states. people assumed from the beginning that they would vote for Kavanaugh because they could not risk it. And and then and Joe Manchin was the fifth. Well, right, Manchin fell as people felt that he did. The others stood stood tall. So. Right. Yeah. And uh, and Heitkamp. And Donnelly voted for Gorsuch, too. So there was a, um, they could have, and Manchin did, too, that three Republicans really thought were gettable. And then Murkowski, obviously. So what big, big accomplishments can we expect out of the Congress between now and the end of the year? I don't know. I mean, I think you may see... <clears throat> They're going to have. There's still part of the government that has not been funded that was on a CR. So yeah. imagine there'll be some fight over a wall. That's where Trump's wall money is. Department of Homeland Security. Um, I imagine if Democrats win the House, which is looking like they very mm-hmm. well could, um, the chances of wall money, which were already low, are yeah. going to be even lower. Yeah, there won't be any money for the wall. There has. They haven't done it. The Republicans in control of both houses haven't, haven't done, done it. it in two and years. The so. Senate, even if Republicans keep it, it'll still be tight margins. So. Yeah. All right, Eliza, great to see you. you Thanks too. for your good work, Eliza Collins at usatoday.com. Have a great day, folks. We'll see you tomorrow. This is the Bill Press Show.